Hello everybody. Welcome to the Voices of Humanity podcast. Today I have an amazing guest with me, Doc Kapirig. So Doc Kapirig is a working fa- part-time working faculty at DMSFI and he has currently cleared USMLE and has matched into internal medicine at the University of Hawaii. But apart from this, he is teaching at a lot of universities in and across Davao and then he is also gone for clinical rotations in Chicago yep. and South Dakota. Yes. I just looked at your LinkedIn profile doc. So yes. welcome to the podcast. I'm glad Thank to you. have you. Thanks for having me. Yes. And I'm really sorry to disturb you and bring you up. It's all right. Uh, no problem. Tight schedule. Yeah. So before we jump into the questions, I thought it will be fun to have an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. So I have around seven to eight questions for you. Okay. These are uh, never ever have a question. So you have to answer me. I have or I have not. All right. Okay. For the questions I'm asking you. So the first question is, you never ever have learned about a rare disease in lecture and convinced myself that I or someone I knew might have it. I have. You have. Okay. Well, any, do you remember any disease? Yeah, um, Sturge-Weber syndrome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure about that syndrome <laughs> yet. Okay. Second, never have ever you told everyone that I know I would settle for uh, whatever speciality I get accepted into. I have not. You have not. Yeah. Okay, so you remain confident all the time. Yes. Okay, that's that's great. Okay, never have ever self-diagnosed myself in every lecture or at least one lecture. I have definitely. You have. Okay. <laughs> Never have I ever fallen asleep in class and been called out on it. I have multiple times. Multiple (laughs) times. (laughs) Okay. Never have I ever been jealous of everyone, jealous of anyone and everyone who did not choose a career as medicine. I have not. You have not. So so you are strong with your choice. Okay. So never have I ever told myself that I was quitting and dropping out of school. I have not. You have not. Yeah. Okay. The final one, never have I ever cheated on a test. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to expose you. I have. You have. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody has. Everybody has. <laughs> this experience. Okay. So, these are a set of questions I wanted to start mm-hmm. to just kick off the uh, podcast. All right. So, now to getting back to the purpose of this podcast. This podcast's purpose is to bring out your ideas, suggestions and your experiences so that others uh, can make use of it and maybe apply it in their day-to-day life. Yeah, sure. That's so to get started, why did you choose medicine? Why? What's the reason? Well, I chose medicine not as um, the typical uh, the typical response of students because it's uh, they want to serve humanity. But I would like to be honest that I really chose this path of medicine because it's really what I wanted to study ever since I was in high school. I got so interested in the complexity of the human body and I love studying biology Mm -hmm. and I I love how how I correlate with with my life and the reasons why we live and I love seeing the connections of of interacting with other people as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the uh, mixture of science and the social aspect of that field drawed me into pursuing the career path of medicine. Wow. Okay. So medicine, you've done your MD. Yes. And then you've done your... Uh, you're going to do your PG, right? In the US. Yes. So in internal medicine. Internal medicine. So USMLE was always the plan or did it happen late or why, why USMLE? Well, it started, I, I already have an idea about USMLE during my first year in medical school and 
I really love the, the idea of training outside the United States. And in fact, during college, I really wanted to study outside Davao. Okay. During medicine, I really also wanted to study outside Davao, but because of family reasons, I had to stay here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is my chance to do okay. that. Okay. I really like to, you know, explore outside the world. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've thought about that, but I was not sure if this is the path that I would really take. Okay. Uh, a certain point in my life that, I, that made me say that I think I need to give it a shot. USMLE after I took my licensure examination here in the Philippines. Okay. So I think that was the turning point. Okay. Yeah. So it was a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. More about USMLE later, but before that, you have a lot of things on your resume yeah. in your CV. <laughs> how do you manage all these responsibilities and how most importantly, how do you manage your time and mental health and not getting tired and at the same time having fun doing all of this? Well, I just like to clarify about not getting tired. <laughs> I also get tired. <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes the things that I have right now, the work that I have right now is it's a mixture of want and need. Okay. I need to work multiple jobs okay. in order to pay all the expenses. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also love what I'm doing. Like, I love to teach as well. Um. My main reason why I can manage all of this stuff is that I, you just have to prioritize things mm-hmm. and you have to prior, prioritize things and you have to be organized. Okay. okay? Um, I, growing up as a, as, as, a, as a child, I was a, a little bit busy. Mm-hmm. So I was used to doing, um, doing uh, you know, some administrative work okay. or some... Um, paperwork when I was a, when I was a child, so I was trained to do that. Okay. And sometimes, if I feel like I don't do anything, I feel like I feel a little bit of guilt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I like to keep myself busy. Okay. So being like I, I don't know if I can really say that I'm workaholic, but you okay. can say that I'm workaholic. Yes, yes, we can see that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think you have to be organized. Mm-hmm. Um, I really keep an organizer each day. Mm-hmm. I plan out what I do on a daily basis and I try to achieve most of those tasks even if I can't uh, finish all of those tasks as, uh, uh, my goal is to finish half of those tasks okay. in a day and I really plan out my activities for the week okay so I think that would help me um, prioritize things and know what to do next because it takes time to think you know oh, it yes. takes time if you think what to do next yes. If you already know what to do next, it saves up time. Mm. Yes. Uh, talking about this planning part, even I try planning my mm. week ahead, yes. but it is not always that it works out properly the way I plan it. Agree. But have you reached a point in which now you are good at planning that you know that at least you can be at least more than 75% effective with your plans that you make before? I would say that would be somewhat true. Okay. I mean... There's, um, you can never get a perfect mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, being perfect is some, somewhat elusive. But you just have to practice yourself. You get used to it. Mm-hmm. And actually, the book, Atomic Habits, yes, yes, yes. actually, it helped me. Okay. Uh, it helped me a lot okay. in, in, in habit formation. Okay. It doesn't mean that you change habit. It will be perfect the next day so mm-hmm. it really takes time okay. it's a trial and error and you just have to stick 
mm-hmm. to that habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you will experience that I think it's not working. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to devise a strategy mm-hmm. to find another way to make things better for you. And, you know, just to look for ways in which it can really be effective on your end. So, yeah, you just have to practice and practice mm-hmm. and just try to be to, to believe in yourself that you can improve yourself and um, be effective as much as you can. Okay. So, there were points in your career and in your medical school life that you were planning out on something but you felt bad that that plan didn't work out. And after all these years, you reached a point in which you realized that even if it's not going to work out, I have other ways of getting it done. Yes. So, has it... Uh, has it, has it been like that now? Yes, um, many times. Okay. I, I, I couldn't remember um, all, all the things that I've, okay. I have experienced that. But, you know, we always experience um, hardship and challenges. And sometimes we don't uh, get the things that we want. Mm-hmm. And my, my only mindset is not to get frustrated. Okay. I mean, my, my mindset is there's always a chance that things will not work out. Mm-hmm. Because if you always expect that things will go in your way, you will just end up being frustrated mm. and be, you know, be mad and angry. But sometimes our emotions are mm. the natural, the na- our natural reaction is to always get yes, mad yes. and to be frustrated. And that's a normal thing. But to encroach your life with that frustration, I think mm-hmm. that's not healthy. So I think you need to build a mindset that failure is just around the corner okay. and sometimes things will not go in our way mm-hmm. and you just have to expect the worst mm-hmm. so that you won't be um, you won't be really devastated mm-hmm. with that outcome. Wow. So at the beginning of this conversation, you told apart from uh, studying and being a doctor, you like teaching. Yes. Right. So what made you fall in love with teaching and what keeps you going now with teaching? Well, it, actually, my, my inspiration for teaching started when I was in college. Okay. Um, I had a professor in college who really inspired us in mm-hmm. terms of self-learning and motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, my professor in college, she was a very tough teacher. Mm-hmm. I would really say that she molded us, okay. uh, our batchmates, she molded us, and she made us better individuals in terms of our academic Mm-hmm. Um, uh, academic behavior. Uh, I think it's not. Uh, it's it's important to build your discipline rather than the knowledge that you gain, mm-hmm. because if you just give knowledge, but at the end of the day you're tired and you don't have a way of being sustainable, of gaining information from day to day. I think um, in terms of long term. De- uh, developing that good discipline yourself mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. every day, I think that would be very good for you for in the long run. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's um, my inspiration, my my college teacher, and okay. because of that, I really wanted to inspire young mm-hmm. individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, my style is I want to challenge uh, students mm-hmm. because if you don't challenge them, they will just dis- stay the same mm-hmm. as they are. I mean, improvement comes if you are challenged, right? Or sometimes you are faced with a problem, mm-hmm. yes. and then you become more creative, become more critical. So I think it's uh, it's it's something that I really enjoy mm-hmm. doing, and I I really like to see students improve mm-hmm. better. Yeah. So I 
Yeah, okay. that's my inspiration. Okay. Now that you are also teaching, mm-hmm. you you should obviously have a different perspective about students than you had before when you were a medical student. Definitely. So, uh, <laughs> can you uh, give for everyone who's watching? You should obviously be noticing some mistakes that medical students do, common mistakes that they do right now, which even you would have done before. But now, since you're looking it from the perspective of a teacher, you are able to look at it and correct it. So can you name few mistakes and can you give a solution for that so that we can be wise from now and maybe correct our mistakes and be more efficient? Yeah, I think one important, um, you mentioned that one. I think one important mistakes of students is their mindset. Mm-hmm. They, they're thinking that these informations that they're studying right now is useless. Mm-hmm. They tend to think that, um, why am I studying biochemistry? Why am I mm-hmm. studying the pharmacokinetics of this drug. I mean, it doesn't, I, I don't see the worth of this one. But when time comes that they face patients and time comes when there's decision that they make, it all, it all boils down to your understanding mm-hmm. of the basic science and you know, the nitty gritty of the reasons behind the science of medicine mm-hmm. and especially, most especially, the art of medicine as well. Mm-hmm. So I think students should have that good insight that what they're learning right now they would they would seem uh, they would think of it as um, useless mm-hmm. but in the long run it will it will be used eventually okay it, it's like a it's like a building blocks of a mm. bigger yes bigger thing Okay. You specifically told about biochemistry right now, right? Yes. <laughs> so now you are handling biochemistry, pharmacology and arts and science of medicine in DMSF. Yes. Why these three subjects? Why did you choose these three subjects? Actually, these are not my best subjects. Okay. These are my Waterloo subjects when okay. I was in medical school. My favorite subject was really anatomy. Mm-hmm. So anatomy, histology, mm-hmm. pathology, mm-hmm. these are my top subjects. Okay. And apparently, I was given those. Okay. Uh, those. You were um, given. Yeah. Okay. I was assigned to those subjects. Okay. And I think because I was specifically assigned to pharmacology because mm-hmm. of research. Okay. Because I I specifically requested to be part of or to be involved in research because I really wanted to gain research experience mm-hmm. during my med school. I only had limited exposure to research. Okay. Uh, during my physiology and pharmacology and I want to build my skills in research so that's why um, they put me in pharmacology okay okay now back to USMLE yes so you gave USMLE you cleared all the steps and then yeah. you applied for match and mm-hmm. now that you have matched mm-hmm. can you summarize the entire sequence of events in a short I know it's a lot yes, of things. I, I can't promise you it's a short yes. one, but yeah. <laughs> it's a very comprehensive, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a path that yes. really takes dedication mm-hmm. and patience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to sacrifice your finances. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Your number one is finances. But uh, let's try, uh, I'll just try to make it short. For someone who doesn't know what USMLE is mm-hmm. and they don't have a clear idea, Maybe what you're about to say now will motivate them to uh, go look for it, research about it and start. So okay. maybe in that way. So the end point here is you want to gain residency in the United States. Okay. Okay, that's the, main, the, the end point there. So it starts off after you graduate in a foreign graduate 
uh, foreign medical school. Mm-hmm. And after that, you need to register at ECFMG. Because okay. the first thing that you should do, um, register at the Educational Commission for Foreign Medical Graduates. Okay. It's an agency that covers all, or that carries all foreign medical graduates for USMLE mm-hmm. and for um, residency application as well as sport, um, visa sponsorship. So you start with ECFMG certification, uh, no, no, ECFMG uh, registration, and then you apply for USMLE. Okay. So you apply through ECFMG. And then you take the steps, steps one and two. Do, these are the two minimum tests so that you can be able to apply to residency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once you get, uh, you passed these two tests, you need to take an English test, which okay. is the occupational English test, okay. which is um, right now it's a requirement by the ECFMG so that you'll be able to get the ECFMG certification. Okay. okay? So now you have step one, step two, OET, and now you get the ECFMG certification. Once you get the ECFMG certification, you're now eligible to apply for residency. Okay. So now there's a separate agency mm-hmm. called the AAMC or the American Association of Medical College. Mm-hmm. That is the organization that um, that caters to residency application. Okay. So that's the second organization. Okay. So you up, so you apply to programs through AAMC. Okay. But AAMC and ECFMG will collaborate. Okay. Okay. Because ECFMG will send your transcript, your medical school transcript, your USMLE score transcript to AAMC. Okay. And AAMC will send your credentials to the programs. Mm-hmm. Right? So now when you apply to residency, that is that is just application. So okay. you apply to hospitals. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't mean that you will be offered interviews. Okay. Your main goal during residency application is to secure interviews. Okay. For me, interviews is a is a rate limiting factor mm-hmm. for residency application. Okay. Because if you do not have interviews, you cannot proceed. You cannot be matched. You might be able to match. Okay. So your goal is to get at least one mm-hmm. interview for you to get matched. Okay. But it's okay if you don't have any interviews. There's still ways. There's still um. Uh, what we call the SOAP, a supplemental offer application program, mm-hmm. right after the mat, uh, during the match week, wherein unfilled slots can be offered to you. But that is the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Your goal is really to get interviews. Okay. Now, once you get interviews, you go you go into interviews mm-hmm. through the interview season, and after the interview season, you now have the match okay. or the match week. Okay. Matching, a uh, matching hap- match happens during March. Okay. okay, and the basis for the programs in which you will be matched is based on the programs who interviewed you, okay. not who, not the, the hospitals or not the programs you applied to, but to the programs who interviewed you. Okay, okay? so it's important that you have interviews mm-hmm. because you will create your rank order list. You rank the hospitals or programs that you that interviewed you mm-hmm. so that you can put that in the algorithm for matching. Okay. All right. So once you get matched and that's a success for you, mm-hmm. now you have 
an offer from the program, then you can start residency. Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is everything summarized. Yes, so, but there's still, still a lot some steps there okay. along so the way. So you, you had an interview with the University of Hawaii? Yes. Okay. And, and any other interviews you had? Yes, I also had other interviews. Okay, so you matched into your top priority. Yes. yes. That's that's really great. Yes. Congratulations. So Thank you. Now, uh, we have some questions from my Instagram uh, related to USMLE. Mm -hmm. Students have asked some questions. So I'll sure. just ask you those questions. Sure. So... Do medical school grades matter for USMLE? Well, you, sub you, you will submit a medical student performance evaluation. Mm -hmm. It is also submitted to the programs and mm -hmm. they will see your transcript. Okay. So, um, I guess it's, uh, I, I cannot really say that it's a helpful mm -hmm. um, factor, but we do. it depends on the program if they okay. check the grades or not but okay. again it's better that you have good credentials okay so to increase the chances of getting off getting an interview offered okay so apart from that uh, one person is asking can you tell how uh, how much approximately does it cost for the entire trip if you're comfortable if sharing for the, it, entire, for the entire journey till entire now, journey you, yes i would say that it's almost and in pesos <laughs> uh, whatever dog. yeah i think in pesos it's around 1 million pesos almost okay. 1 million pesos okay so i don't i don't know the conversion okay Can't convert that yes we'll cover yeah. that yeah it's almost 1 million pesos mm -hmm. and um, i really ask help from my family mm -hmm. especially the exams mm -hmm. but the rest of the expenses i really, i really mm -hmm. made a way to pay for these Okay. Uh, apart from this, the CV is really important for USMLE, right? So, Definitely. So one of them has asked some must-have experiences on the CV that is like really required for uh, giving the interview or... Yes, you really need to build a good curriculum vitae because they will really check on it. Especially in my experience, mm -hmm. they checked it also during my interview. Okay. So they will browse your CV during the interview mm -hmm. and try to ask what you did and expound on mm -hmm. the things that you did in this um, work or mm -hmm. experience. Okay. So as early as now as medical students, mm -hmm. try to build your curriculum vitae okay. by, you know, um, being involved in volunteer work, mm -hmm. doing, doing research, mm -hmm. and if you have a chance, a clinical experience as mm -hmm. well. Next question. Uh, when, what is the best time to start studying, preparing for the USMLE Step 1? Right now. Right now. Yeah, as early as first year medical school, you build the knowledge. Okay. Okay, you build the knowledge. Mm -hmm. But in terms of this, the, the, the way the USMLE asks, mm -hmm. it's far from different in medical school. Okay. But the knowledge that you gain mm -hmm. is will always yes. be applied in the yes. USMLE. Mm -hmm. So you start as early as, early as medical school. Okay. You do well, you don't, uh, you don't, you don't, um, you know, uh, play around the things that you learn mm -hmm. here in medical school, take advantage. Mm -hmm. And this time, this is, this is the best time for you to learn to make mistakes. Yes. Because once you take the USMLE and you receive a score, that is permanent. Mm -hmm. So okay. you really have to be sure mm -hmm. if you're going to take the USMLE, you are really 100% sure mm -hmm. that you will pass the test okay. or 
achieve achieve a score that you wanted to achieve okay. because it will leave a mark that's permanent okay there's no retakes <laughs> <laughs> so these were the questions were led to usmle but i'll ask the rest of the questions later after 5 minutes yeah, sure. before that a lot of students they tell you are the smartest doctor no <laughs> a lot they talk there's a talk it's the talk of the town that they they look up to you a lot of students even my friends so there's a question are you just smart in memorizing or is there any adaptive strategy that you have for each subject when you are in medical school that you were able to apply and be efficient yeah i'm not sure but you know what i tell you a mm-hmm. secret during my high school years i was not an honor student i was not a top student <laughs> i was i barely had honors or awards during high school i think it started when i was in college because okay. it was really what i want and okay. i am really interested in in the subject and in the field of mm-hmm. study that i am enrolling and studying at so i think one way for you to you know to absorb information is to always ask the questions how and why okay because if if you just memorize mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't stick into your mind mm-hmm. if you ask the question why for example why is it named like that mm-hmm. why is it called angina pectoris what mm-hmm. does angina means what does pectoris mean mm-hmm. if you know the underlying meaning of those terms then it can register to your brain okay. and it's it's somewhat it can make things easier for you to remember and again in medicine we always memorize right mm-hmm, you yes. always experience memorization and i was also a student once mm. i always yes. i also forget things uh-huh. and you just have to repeat the information mm. again rep- repetition is key i would say that i i would say that some students would would comment that oh, you, you you don't you really know about this mm-hmm. how come you you still remember that mm-hmm. because i studied it many times mm-hmm. during med school during clerkship during internship i studied during internship during my licensure exam during preparation for my licensure exam and for my usmle so things get get repeated yes. from time to time so it will just stick into your head <laughs> i really believe in spaced repetition okay so you need to do spaced repetition if you want to register it into your brain okay. at one reading you will never absorb that inf- mm. information so you have just have to repeat and repeat the information okay cool okay again about usmle yeah. what what is the bigger picture here now that you've matched into internal medicine at the university of hawaii mm-hmm. what do you expect out of your own future what are your plans do you have any uh, a broader picture in mind well i it's my plans are not yet sure on what <laughs> will be my future will okay. be but My goal is to first is to finish my mm-hmm. internal medicine residency and hopefully I could get a fellowship mm-hmm. program. I'm thinking of infectious diseases okay. or cardiology. I'm not yet sure but okay. these are my considerations mm-hmm. for infectious disease. I think infectious disease because I love dealing with um infections mm-hmm. and most especially tropical diseases. Okay. And, and you know neglected tropical diseases okay. and also cardiology because my family specifically my mother said my family uh they have a uh, we have a um, high risk of cardiovascular diseases oh. so okay. so i think it's a good way to you know be 
get back at it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, at serve mm-hmm. my own family members mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to study our problems mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this brings me to this point. Uh, you talked about serving your own family members, right? Mm-hmm. Now, after a long time, you will be going to a foreign land. Yes. Yeah, so... Does this affect you in any way or are you thinking about it that you are not going to be here for a while while you are there and how do you process that and how are you managing that? Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a mixed emotion, mm-hmm. mixed emotions because my immediate family mm-hmm. members, my sister, she's abroad in Canada, okay. one of my sister also, she's abroad in New Zealand okay. and my parents are the one left here. So if okay. I leave here, if, mm-hmm. if I leave the Philippines... Both of my parents will just be, you know, alone. (laughs) They'll just be the two of them. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixed emotion of, you know, it's a little bit sad. And sometimes I'm also excited Mm -hmm. um, venturing this new path. But I just have to balance, you know, just have to communicate with them. And I I plan to to invite them to the United States to visit me. Mm-hmm. But I'm. I cannot promise. Uh, while I'm in residency, I cannot promise that I can go back here because mm-hmm. the processes of visa obtaining a visa is so difficult. Okay. Okay. Because each time that I leave the United States, I have to renew my visa. Okay. So that's the challenge there. So good thing my parents, both of my parents, have U.S. visas. Okay. So they can. You can just you know they can visit me. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, final two questions from Instagram again. Yeah, sure. Uh, the first one is, it's a very specific question. How to study GenPath and ClipPath? <laughs> How did you handle GenPath and ClipPath in second year? GenPath and General Pathology is yes. one of my best subjects. Mm-hmm. I really love studying General Pathology. I really don't have a specific... Okay. <laughs> I really don't have a specific um, study hacks. Mm-hmm. I just read. Three or four times. Okay. One chapter I read three to four times. Okay. The first read is fast read. Mm-hmm. I just read it very fast, like in just one hour. My goal is to finish the chapter in just one hour, just to get get my mind to be familiar with the terms, with the words, with the content. And I try to see the bigger picture. What what does this chapter tell me about? Mm-hmm. It tells me about the cardiovascular system, mm-hmm. the pathology behind it, and there. And I see that there's a lot of things going on here. You have diseases in the heart, diseases in the blood vessels, in in the valves, in the muscles. So that's a, just a, the, the general picture. Even mm-hmm. if I really don't get the details, at least I have a brief idea of what the chapter is about. And next, I try to read it again. I try to dig in more into details. Mm-hmm. I try to understand the mechanisms behind. And next, I read again. I try to memorize the important terms, the important facts in that chapter. So I think that's my typical sequence when I study. Okay. So bigger picture and then try to do it microscopically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The last question, how do you deal with burnout? Burnout. Yes, it's it's the most important question for <laughs> medical professions. Yeah, burnout is you know it's it's an epidemic amongst medical students, mm. medical residents, and even physicians, and it's a it's a really common phenomenon here, and because we are faced with a lot of stress, and so what I do in order for me to avoid burnout is. To divert myself to things that in that I really enjoy, 
um, like spending time with my friends and mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. I really like to laugh. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I try to talk with my friends and you know have a good time. Mm-hmm. That's really my my one way of, you know, it's, it's like an outlet for me, okay. uh, with the stress, and and also I think that's one defense mechanism that I have is mm-hmm. to involved in humor mm-hmm. so i really watch comedies mm-hmm. and watch netflix or watch well, funny movies and mm-hmm. even talk to my friends and because my friend some of my friends are you know are also humorous okay <laughs> so i really like to laugh so that's mm-hmm. one way for me to relieve the stress and also i love to make coffee Okay. So that's one of my hobbies to do coffee, okay. do some lattes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just find diversions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you feel that you're tired of reading the book or you're tired of working, just like what happened to me last Sunday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, last Sunday I was so tired making PowerPoint. So I I I I, I said to myself, oh, I need a break. I really mm-hmm. need to divert so i watched four hours of netflix <laughs> so it's a one way for me to you know de-stress okay you just need to find time for yourself mm-hmm. just to enjoy mm-hmm. yourself and you know live a life okay okay final part of the podcast yeah for this i want you to look into that camera yeah and give one general advice or suggestion for all the medical students who will be listening to the podcast <laughs> anything it can be anything all right so um hi students medical students uh, i know that the path that you're taking right now is so challenging it's difficult i've also experienced that my takeaway point for you is just to live in the moment and it's okay to fail it's okay to make mistakes learn from it and do not be discouraged if you if if you fail if you if you face setbacks take them as your teaching points and as challenges and do not compare yourself to others because i know a lot of medical students try to com- compete and compare themselves with one another and they would say that oh, why is he doing better why am i not doing well in my study in my studying so just work on yourself and compete against yourself not with others so yeah that's my my takeaway point there and just do your best okay just do your best when you say do, doing your best uh, going the extra mile so if you feel that it's not enough then try to make a way that it's effective for you try to ask for help always ask for help you always have other people that will will support you and asking for help will never be a mistake i experienced that as well you need to ask help from other people and build network and again cherish whatever experience that you have right now value the friendships that you gain in medical school because these are the same people that you will work with so you have to build connections with them you have to build um good relationships with them and also i think one important uh, thing that um, one important uh, advice that i can give to you is you know just uh, love yourself don't ever ever forget about your well-being and 
try to enjoy from time to time. Don't be always be eaten up by work or by study. Try to give yourself some enjoyment. Give yourself some time for you to be happy. Because, you know, our life is not just about studying. It's not just about working. You just have to live the life that you're given right now. So that would be all. And I hope that you'll have... How you'll reach your goals in your life. And I'm praying that you'll be successful and um, everything will go in your way. Thank you so much, Doc. That Thank was you. a very inspirational <laughs> message. And I'm really glad and grateful that I got this opportunity to sit down with you for 30 40 minutes yeah. <laughs> and do this. I'm really glad, Doc. Thank you so much yes. for joining me today. I, I'm pretty sure this will be useful for a lot of students who will be watching this. Thank you so much for joining Thank you. Me. Thanks for having me. And um, thank you for your support as well. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.